Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Silker Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today, but he does have a message for you. He'll be back Thursday, and ideally he will be around for Friday as well. But if he were here with us today, he would give to you his mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedrooms, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. The Alan Nathan Show is a Main Street Radio Network production. I'm going to run through the introductions real quick because we have a guest on standby, but we do want to thank the Main Street Radio Network for allowing this program to exist. On occasion, management doesn't like the content, and also their clients certainly don't, but they always have our backs. We appreciate that. also want to thank the Salem Radio Network for distributing this show. The Alan Nathan Show can be found at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Also on social media, Twitter at Alan Nathan. He's also got his own website, alannathan.com. But he also posts on Facebook under Main Street Radio Network's Facebook page and also on Twitter at Main Street Radio. And, of course, if you want to find out more about The Silker Joe Show, go to getter, G-E-T-T-R dot com at Silker Joe Show. That's our social media, but we're also at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Now, Alan always has pre-written topics. I happen to have some right here. Biden's 2024 campaign is launched. Will it be able to escape the gravity of both his personal scandals and the failures of his administration? And I think we're coming up on one now with uh, his steadfast, solid resistance against the protection of women and girls in sports act. And joining us now to talk a little bit about this, we have Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican out of Tennessee. She is a member of the Senate Finance Committee, Judiciary Committee, Veterans Affairs Committee, and Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee, where she is ranking member for the Subcommittee on Consumer Protection, Product Safety, and data, sec- data security. I almost said secretary because I am reading this with exactly one eye. And her latest book is The Mind of a Conservative Woman, Seeking the Best for Family and Country. Senator Blackburn, happy to have you on the program. How are you today? I am doing great, and I'm so delighted to join you. Thank you. All right. Well, I don't, I don't think we have actually spoken, despite the many times I've hosted Alan's show over the two years, so I'm happy to have you for the first time. Uh, what do you make of the president's steadfast resistance against the Save Girls Act? What we see from this situation is a continued, continued push to diminish women, uh, to diminish opportunities for girls. And I think it's astounding. You know, where is the National Organization for Women? Where are some of these left-leaning groups for years who have been saying, women's rights, let's organize the Women's March, and all of a sudden they're not to be found? Right. It seems that only like a handful of feminist organizations have split with the main line about the trans uh, male and female trans in women's sports. And it seems to me that that would be entirely against Title IX. And Title IX, of course, protects uh, women against discrimination in athletics based on sex. But the thing is, the male athletes, given their superior builds, we've seen it time and again, they consistently outperform women. 
So why wouldn't there be discrimination in that case based on uh, sex? Just because these athletes are performing much better, and now you have this pool of champions you can choose from. Well, and think of it like this. There is no way that a female is going to win in these physical competitions against men who have already been through puberty. And there, we have heard from doctors, we have heard from female athletes, and the evidence is there. And you, and I, we, Riley Gaines is a Tennessee um, woman who has really been outspoken on this and trying to protect the opportunities for women. And I give her a lot of credit for standing up and speaking out and raising this issue. But right now, we are at a time where they're trying to destroy Title IX, which opened opportunities for women and girls in sports and gave them those opportunities. We are at a time where there is more interest in females in sports than ever And uh, I think it was the Wall Street Journal that had an article in about this today. We are at a time where girls are having the opportunity to compete for scholarships and uh, have those opportunities at higher education because they have excelled in a sport. And all of a sudden, it is no to women's sports. They're not doing it to men's sports, but they are doing it to women's sports. And they're allowing this competition of men and women's sports. And so I'm continuing to stand against it. I am continuing to push back on it. I think it is terrible that the president didn't recognize the 50th anniversary of Title IX. I think it is terrible that he is pushing against legislation that would protect sports and opportunities, other opportunities for women. And what's confusing to me about this is this whole community that he's trying to protect by doing this, the trans community, they are still a very small percentage of the population. So what exactly reason does he have to elevate them over biological women at this point? Because that is what this does. It gives them opportunities that biological women rightfully deserve, but are now being denied. And this is one of the things that has been so perplexing. And while we continue to say, where are these pro-women's organizations and groups? Why are they not standing up to protect women. Women have fought to protect their place in the workplace, in academics, in industry, uh, in sports. And all of a sudden, it is as if we don't want to protect them and uh, we don't want to open those doors of opportunity for women. I've spent a lot of my career working to open doors of opportunity for women and girls and to make certain that they were treated in an equitable manner. And now you see the push being put out there against this, and it is no longer the position of the left. The position of the left is seeking to reduce those opportunities and to diminish the ability that uh, women and girls have to excel. 
And could there be a component of intimidation to this that is keeping feminist organizations in bay? Because we saw what happened to Riley Gaines when uh, she spoke at, what was it, University of San Francisco, where suddenly she gets mobbed by a bunch of protesters, physically accosted, and the university sides with the protesters. Yeah, I talked with her after uh, that happened to her, and how terrible. You know, previously, free speech and being able to have two sides of an issue, the point and the counterpoint, and having robust, respectful, bipartisan debate, that is something that has helped to keep this nation free. It is how people have learned and have figured out what side of an issue they wanted to be on. Mm. But look at what is happening now. You cannot have that discussion anymore. If you raise your hand and raise your voice and come out against the preferred position, then what's going to happen? You're going to find that you are deemed unacceptable or your speech is going to be taken away. Or I was talking with someone yesterday and they said, you know, the thing that concerned them was so many people were afraid to speak up about things anymore because they were afraid they were going to lose their job lose their ability to earn uh, a living and, and provide for their families. Right, where you were told uh, democracy dies in darkness by the Washington Post, yet they're at the forefront of this whole leftist movement to keep people in the dark about many issues, even when the facts are on the side of the people that they're trying to silence. Well, and this concerns so many people, and I hear from women every day that say, you know, I'm just afraid to speak up anymore because I don't want to be censored. I don't want to be reprimanded. I don't want to lose my job. I'm concerned about what some of my friends think. And to me, that is very sad because I may not agree with you, but I will defend your right to express your 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 thoughts and everyone should have that ability um so that they can participate in that robust debate and they can decide what they believe and think about an issue right 50 years ago title IX was enacted to help give women more voice in sports and now they're being denied that voice by almost the same forces that put Title IX in. Senator Blackburn, if you have another 10 minutes, we'd be happy to have you on for the next segment. But listeners, you can stick around anyway, because we have more Alan Nathan show coming up after this. This message is provided by Beringer Engelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are 
are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global Fibronir Program. To learn more about Fibronir and eligibility requirements, visit fibronir-ipf.longboat.com and fibronir-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans' organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Silker Joe Show still filling in for Alan. That will be the case for the rest of the program. Although Alan did ask me to get into some topics for him in his stead, if you will. Uh, continuing on with my talk of failures of his administration that I mentioned in the previous segment. We have 
well, actually, this is more of uh, his personal scandal, I guess, even though it does stretch into his administration, because the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, seems to be tied in with the whole uh, crime family situation going on with the Bidens. And for those of you who have just tuned in out of nowhere and never heard of the Biden crime family and all that, simply put... Uh, based on the Hunter Biden laptop, which turned out not to be conspiracy theory, as we were told in 2020, they're not Russian disinformation either. In fact, many left-wing outlets have come out and confirmed, yes, this laptop is real. Of course, they came out a little bit too late to do anything about the 2020 election, and certainly they didn't issue any apologies or retractions or anything like that. In fact, if you ask leftists about it, as I have, they will inform you that, well, uh, it wasn't verified at the time. We needed our sources to verify it, and uh, not enough investigation had been done, and you know other pointless excuses. The New York Post is one of the most respected newspapers in the country, one of the oldest ones, in fact, and yet it was considered a right-wing propaganda rag because they did this reporting. So shows what they uh, think of journalism when it doesn't agree with them. In fact, I'm not even sure why the left-wing outlets decided to say that the Hunter Biden laptop was true, unless it was more of a push and pull with the Biden administration, where they wanted access, Biden wasn't giving it to them because Biden administration has frustrated journalists with their lack of access, and so they decided to send a few warning shots by verifying the laptop. Who knows how this uh, stuff works, because I'm not inside of it. I'm on the outside looking in, and I'm just saying what I see. But as far as uh, his personal scandal stretching to his administration, getting back to that, the uh, one of the key things we learned from the laptop, which everyone has verified now, is that there there is a certain situation between Hunter Biden, business dealings, and Joe Biden. It seems wherever Joe Biden goes, his son Hunter makes a huge profit, whether it's Ukraine or China. And now we've learned that the current Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, he is in on this. He has been on this for at least 10 years that we have emails showing that he that uh hunter biden was letting his business associates for example know of anthony blinken uh having visits to ukraine during the time where this was going on and we know that hunter biden has been regularly emailing anthony blinken about various things and anthony blinken just so happens to have been the one to organize that letter i mentioned earlier or the uh, situation where the laptop was declared as russian disinformation anthony blinken was the one who went to the former cia acting director michael morell and told him to uh go ahead and get together some people to say that this was russian disinformation now morell wasn't inclined to do that beforehand he only did it after blinken told him and look what happened anthony blinken ended up in the biden administration as secretary of state for his help and 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 also some of those people who signed the letter got roles in the Biden administration. What an interesting coincidence that they dis- declared this thing Russian disinformation just offhand and they were so happily rewarded for it. Very interesting indeed. And this whole situation is very corrupt. Uh, actually, uh, Blinken was deputy secretary of state during the Obama administration. And Hunter Biden met with him right before uh, doing some business with Burisma. And 
we know how that went. We have another timeline for that where Hunter Biden met with Obama himself a couple of days before joining the board of Burisma. And then a couple of days after that, it was announced that the U.S. would be doing some kind of partnership with Ukraine that, lo and behold, profited Burisma extensively. And Burisma is a Ukrainian uh, natural gas, some kind of company to that effect. And the deal we had involved that involved fracking and you know the, the, the same stuff that the uh, biden administration has been declaring so environmentally unsound that they canceled a, the keystone pipeline over it that that same stuff is in fact what the uh they were making deals with barisma over 10 years ago with the total approval of the obama administration it's amazing how opinions change depending on the geography of where the natural gas companies are if they're an american company forget it but if they're ukrainian and the vice and biden's son is serving on their board well we can make a deal and that is the sort of corruption now that the we have learned the secretary of state appears to be involved in so how many other Biden administration officials are going to are we going to learn are involved in this? And they they said that the uh, Obama administration back in the day was scandal free, yet here we have complete evidence of multiple scandals going on right under Obama's nose that he might even have been involved in based on his uh, untimely meeting with Hunter Biden right before this Burisma thing started, and also his use of Joe Biden in negotiating with Ukraine. So. That administration is no longer able to claim scandal-free, although they never were. There have been plenty of scandals attributed to the Obama years. It's just the media refuses to cover them, much like they're refusing to cover this one with Hunter Biden. They've gone so far as to verify the laptop, but that's it. They haven't looked into what the laptop shows. They just said it's accurate, which is kind of interesting that they're would be so disinterested after going to the lengths to verify that the laptop is real. Suddenly they don't care what it actually shows the Biden administration doing, Joe Biden being engaged in, Hunter Biden being engaged in. This is the exact stuff that they wanted to see for Trump. This is the stuff that they uh, thought would nail him in, the, in his 2016 and 2020 campaigns. This whole collusion with uh, foreign powers and profiting off foreign powers and all that, but they they don't really care that it's happening with Joe Biden. They couldn't find any with Trump. They tried. Boy, did they try. And they even had the, the whole Mueller investigation, which they claim found stuff. But, of course, it didn't because if it did, Merrick Garland certainly would have acted on it. It's not like there's a statute of limitations on that thing or double jeopardy or whatever. Uh, Bill Barr, when he was attorney general, he just declined to go after the Mueller report findings, allegedly, as opposed to uh, just outright saying case dismissed or whatever. You know, left it in limbo as opposed to burning it or whatever, and it never really went to court. So you can't have, claim, make a double jeopardy claim on that. So why is Merrick Garland not pursuing the Mueller report if there was not, if there was stuff in it? It's an interesting idea there. That, that these two things, ideas could coexist in Democrats' heads. One, that the Mueller report was damning, and two, Merrick Garland isn't doing anything about it. But also, I guess it's interesting to contrast how the Democrats can hold in their heads the ideas that it would be terrible, world-ending if Trump's kids and Trump himself were involved in corrupt business dealings while he was in power. But it's okay if Biden and Hunter Biden are. No problem. That That's fine if they do it, especially if they collude with uh, foreign adversaries like China. 
yeah, we were told that Trump for saying a nice thing about Putin was a traitor, especially when Trump said that he trusted Putin more than our intel agencies. Well, we learned that our intel agencies weren't exactly particularly reliable. They're the ones who signed off on the Steele dossier. They're the ones who signed that letter saying that the the laptop was uh, Russian disinformation. They were lying both times. They just wanted to get Trump. That's all there was to it. So Trump was right to trust Putin more than our own people. But he was called a traitor for that. Yet here we have Joe Biden who is clearly profiting with China and everything he does coincidentally benefits China and hurts America, yet no one's curious about it. No one in the media cares. I guess it's because he's their guy and whatever he does, it's fine. Folks, more Alan Nathan Show coming up after this break. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling 
Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes, When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM. So can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Silker Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today in case you are just now joining us. But we are also just now joined by Robert H. Bork Jr., president of the Antitrust Education Project. He was also a journalist and a special assistant for U.S. Trade Representative Carla Hills and recently reissued his father's book, The Antitrust Paradox, A Policy at War with Itself. Robert Bork, happy to have you on the program. How are you today? Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Happy to have you. So... Right now, the Biden administration, they've used an interesting analogy for uh, the the role of government in policing trusts, the, quote, policeman at the elbow, unquote. Uh, What does that mean exactly? Because I, especially coming from people who were on the defund the police side, I'm not sure policeman at the elbow (laughs) is the term they want to use. Well, that's a uh, that's a phrase from a a long paper uh, by uh, the uh, administration's now departed antitrust or competition guru, Tim Wu, professor at Columbia Law School. And he was basically saying that in order to uh, manage or uh, guard against uh, big tech dominance, the government has to be like the policeman sitting at at the elbow of big tech, keeping an eye on it. Uh, And I just wrote a piece uh, for a real clear uh, policy uh, pointing out that the they don't have a very good record of anticipating what's going to uh, uh, go wrong in their worldview with uh, corporate, uh, you know, big business and corporate uh, mergers and acquisitions. They've spent, you know, not just this administration, but in the past uh, others, you know, they, 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 they worry, they wring their hands over 
an Amazon purchase of Whole Foods or Anheuser-Busch's merger with InBev and how that's going to harm craft beer makers. And, and, and just one thing after another proves that their predictions are just wrong, that there is is and was uh, no uh, competitive harm in these things that make them lose their minds. Hmm. Not only that, but they seem to have their focus kind of in the wrong area because I was talking with someone from a, a group about uh, discussing patents and the way our patent system is designed, it actually does kind of favor uh, large monopolies because uh, the way it is, is if you have an invention and then this other company wants to get your patent from you, the patent office can actually rule in favor of the company getting it from you if they think that big company can distribute it better than you can. So <laughs> on the one hand, they're overzealous in their persecution of antitrust, but on the other hand, they're ignoring one of the things that can lead to one. Yeah, so they're, you know, I, I guess the, the bottom line lesson is, uh, you know, the government is, is here and it's not really here to help you. It's uh, always just a mess. Uh, and there are a lot of problems with the patent system where uh, companies that uh, uh, invent things uh, have their patents uh, stolen, essentially, uh, and then they have to go to court for years uh, to get it back. But in the meantime, the company that just took it uh, or is using it gets to keep using it and, uh, you know, basically devalues the, that patent and, and uh, ultimately uh, gets away with it. There's a lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, what I was talking about in this piece is that they just have a horrible record of prediction. And, uh, you know, they're, they're always jumping up and down and screaming and yelling. <clears throat> this is now I'm talking about Lena Khan at the FTC or the Justice Department's Antitrust Division. You know, they keep bringing cases to block uh, mergers uh, and, and, you know, where in so doing, uh, for example, in the case of this uh, uh, Illumina a life sciences firm, you know, reacquiring a biotech firm called Grail, uh, they created, created a blood test that could screen for 50 types of cancer. The government doesn't want them to merge. Uh, and then, so it's holding up what could uh, very likely to be uh, a uh, life-saving test, uh, and there's no other, uh, you know, competition uh, in 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 the you know in the offing. Uh, so basically, they're going to cost lives, and and they they do that because they they just don't like business. They don't like uh, capitalism. They don't like uh, you know businesses that exerting. Uh, you know, power and competition with the government. That's that's what that's what their problem is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a certain ebb and flow that the market naturally takes acquisitions, mergers and all that. And uh, do these people have any kind of business background that are doing this? Or are they just ideologically no. inflicting their own controls? Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and I think that's a problem <clears throat> throughout government uh, is that most people in government are are career government. Uh, bureaucrat, uh, and they are they are very smart, educated people who went to you know uh, Ivy League schools, but they don't they've never had to run anything, and and when they do run things like Lena Khan has been in charge of the Federal Trade Commission for two years, she's run it into the ground. She's had uh, seventy senior staff quit because of her leadership. Uh, she's had uh, most recently uh, a very talented, uh, intelligent, 
experienced commissioner, a Republican commissioner, just throw up her hands and, and, and resign because uh, of the way Lena Khan is managing the FTC by hiding the ball, by not sharing information, by having secret meetings, by hiring uh, uh, consultants uh, who, who are um, uh, not, uh, on, not on the payroll. I mean, they're working for free. So, uh, again, the, the problem is that this crowd doesn't know how to run anything, and their, and their ideas are really out of whack with the last almost 50 years of antitrust enforcement policy that has really caused uh, innovation to explode, jobs to be created, uh, wealth to be created. But they don't like that, and they're trying to insert all sorts of woke uh, uh, policies and ideas into our antitrust law now. Hmm. And that's a disturbing precedent for the next uh, people to come in to have to follow, because once these uh, rulings and policies are in place, you know, it's generally pretty hard to extract them. Well, uh, good news is, is that uh, they were unable to change antitrust law by uh, legislation. The Senate and the House uh, were unable to pass uh, bills uh, to uh, and get them to President Biden's desk. Uh, and now with the Republicans in charge of the House, it's unlikely that some of their crazier ideas will get passed into legislation. But what they're trying to do is to change the law uh, by go, just, it's, it's, you know, they keep throwing things against the wall that hope something sticks in court. Uh, and, uh, and, and if they can do that, they can find a judge that agrees with their uh, crazy policies, uh, they will uh, ultimately, I, I think, fossilize capitalism. That's that's their goal, and and uh, it, it sounds harsh, but you can, you can draw no other conclusion by the number of cases and, and interventions they've they've uh, undertaken uh, in the economy uh, through antitrust uh, that that they keep getting repudiated by courts. Mm-hmm. And I, it seems that they just seem intent on creating and contributing to new generations of people who think capitalism doesn't work by saying that the reason you're not able to uh, make jobs work, make businesses work is because capitalism doesn't work, as opposed to these inner workings that are going on to sabotage the system from within. So ironically enough, the sort of government that the people who are against capitalism prefer is the one sabotaging capitalism right now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they're 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 working to prove their point, um, you know. So I, I I just urge you know people who listen to your program and, and others to pay attention to what this administration is trying to do. Antitrust is a you know wonky kind of subject, but if you think about it in terms of competition, what uh, we on the uh, you know the conservative uh, sort of law and economics side of things. Uh, would prefer uh, is that they let uh, the consumer decide. You know, there's a, we, we live under something called the consumer welfare standard in, in antitrust, which means that the consumer decides what it, he or she or you know, they want, uh, and, and, and they vote with their dollars. And it's very, you know, it's a neutral policy and small d democratic, whereas uh, this crowd wants the government to decide. 
they want to, <clears throat> you know, substitute their judgment for yours. Uh, and uh, that's a dangerous thing, and it's ultimately going to, I think, lead to a, a businesses being afraid to do anything. Uh, hmm. Well, with you got about uh, 30 seconds left, so I want to give you a chance here to, uh, you recently reissued your father's book, The Antitrust Paradox, A Policy at War with Itself. Uh, 10 seconds here, a little bit about it, where can we get a copy? Well, go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, and if you want to read more, go to antitrusteducationproject.org. All right, Robert H. Bork, Jr., appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan Show today. Listeners, again, the book, The Antitrust Paradox, A Policy at War with Itself, and, of course, antitrust.org. Folks, we have more Alan Nathan Show coming up after this break. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices. And cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize, 
Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy, it's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all gotta help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're gonna be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us through this hour. Again, Soaker Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today while he is off on assignment. We are joined now by Elan Srulovich. He is founder and CEO of eGuard Watch Company. He was awarded the Fox Patriot Award for Courage by Tucker Carlson for his work with law enforcement. Elan Srulovich, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, happy to have you. Um, I'm curious, though, what work with law enforcement did you uh, do to earn the award? Uh, we released a campaign in the midst of the uh, defund police movement that was supportive of police. And then we tried to humanize police further by doing uh, interviews with a lot of Leos out there and just getting their stories out, talking about issues that they encounter, uh, the vilification of, of, you know, the entire police force based on the actions of the few. And we, we just really kind of fought to raise awareness of what's going on. Hmm. Going up against the grain of what corporate America was doing at the time, I remember hearing about somebody who was fired just because like, their niece or nephew was a police officer. Oh, yeah. yeah we, had, we had some really tragic stories come in at that time. We had, we had people reach out and say that the children of police officers were being bullied in schools and the teachers weren't doing anything about it. Uh, you know, neighbors had stopped to they had known for years because there was there was a you know a police officer who, who lived in the home just really ridiculous stuff um so yeah they mm-hmm. definitely needed to be countered mm-hmm. and uh you're going against the grain i understand now with uh this whole pro-transgender movement that the corporations are taking on 
Yeah, well, it seems like <clears throat> it seems like it's not just the corporations. It seems like it's Hollywood, media, corporations. I mean, if no one starts speaking up, then it's, it's just going to become a norm in society, which it slowly has. Uh, the majority of people disagree with. So, um, yeah, people, people, especially companies, need to start taking a stand in these in these situations and start putting out messages that counter the mainstream narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now my personal belief, it's not so much that being trans is wrong, it's just how society is treating this group of people, elevating them, it seems, above all others. Uh, for example, the, the one that your commercial focused on in women's sports, for example, uh, you can just have some guy, some actual biological male who went through puberty as a male, suddenly come out and say, y- you know what, I'm, a- I'm feeling like a woman today, and then go and clobber all the women in whatever sport that he would have failed at if he was in the male division. And then suddenly women are losing out in that sport, and uh, also possibly losing out on scholarships too. I think it goes even deeper than that. And, you know, self-identification, that's fine, but when it comes to classifying people, you know, measuring actual reality, we stay with boundaries of reality. And it has long-term ramifications to go against those kinds of absolute truths, like the binary of sex. You know, there's been cases where they've even put biological males in prison with women who have a history of sexual assault. So, you know, the reason I, I really focused on sports is because, number one, it's, it's a relatable, honest story about a girl who works her whole life, who has these dreams and strives for greatness, and then it's taken away from her. But that root point, you know, if we allow that to happen, if we allow the reclassification in a situation like that, then we we will inevitably allow it in all situations, which is things like prison, medical treatment, children. And that's where my problems really come into play. It's the classification of people, it has to be based in truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are definite fundamental differences between genders. No matter how much trans surgery you have, if someone found your skeleton in 100 years, they're going to think that you're your original biological gender. But we seem to be against that. We seem to be trying to actively bury this idea. Yeah, I think there's a there's a deeper issue at play, which is, again, it comes down to this concept of extreme moral relativism kind of taking hold in society, you know, the denial of any form of absolute ethics or absolute truth where everything becomes completely abstract and, you know, self-identifiable to the point where there's no baseline for reality and there's a complete deconstruction of reality. So it's a a real kind of deep issue that's taking place. I don't know if it's intentionally insidious. I don't know if it's by happenstance of, you know, moral relativism. But when you do away with this concept that some things are just true, uh, then anything can happen literally anything. And, and, you know, you see it now with gender. You're going to see it soon with age, and that's going to be really, really scary. Uh, like some of these people out there are now identifying as children, even though they're adults. And, and, you know, where does it end? So, again, if people don't start speaking up and saying, hey, we need to have a common sense uh, society, that's what holds us together. That's the glue that holds us together. The fact that we are a rational, logical, common sense society, we do away with that completely. We're going to have long-term ramifications. Mm-hmm. And just this idea that because 2% of the population might have, uh, might genuinely feel that they are a different uh, gender than they're assigned, or they might have some mental illness convincing them that they are, that the rest of society should just scrap all the facts because of this minority that's not even really oppressed. You know, they keep saying that they're oppressed, but I'm not seeing where exactly that oppression is happening because look at how they are elevated in society right now. So it's like 
I guess that's another one of those uh, moral relativism things in the whole uh, truth is what matters to you and not factual to think that they're oppressed when they're not. Uh, yeah, and again, even there, I'd go, I'd go deeper into that and say that if you look at the kind of scales of identity politics that have been created, they also just don't make sense. We're essentially creating a, a society that celebrates victimhood. And so people seek victimhood. They seek identities that are, are based in, in false, false uh, realities because they're trying to create value for themselves. They don't have proper value systems. In other words, if you tell a kid today, why are you important? Why do you matter? A lot of kids just don't know how to answer that question. You go back 50 years, they knew how to answer that question. They would say, I have a belief in something greater than myself. I have healthy you know, family values. I have positive role models in my house, especially fathers, which we've done away with completely. We've done away with a two-parent household. We've done away with religion. We've done away with value systems that give people a focal point in life. So what they're doing is they're grasping at things. They need to feel important. And so the transgender movement is blowing up among young kids whether they believe it or not. And then we're going one step further and saying, okay, well, now you're a 12-year-old kid who's looking to feel special, looking to have value in life. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell you it's okay to be trans, it's great to be trans, and now you matter, and we're going to mutilate your body. We're going to cut off your, you know, uh, privates. We're going to give you hormone therapy, and that's the way we're going to make you important. If you really sit down and think about that, how many people in society really believe that's okay? It's hard for me to believe it's that many. We usually call those sorts of things cults because this also leads to the second phase where you isolate that person from the rest of society and now suddenly it's us versus them mentality. Yeah, I mean, look, look, politics has become entire, not only politics, but social issues in general have become completely polarized to the point where if you say anything that we're talking about right now, a lot of people will just call you an evil, transphobic, racist, white supremacist. Whatever rant they can go on to vilify you to the point where they can justify force against you or harm against you or to silence you. Um, mm -hmm. and, and again, it's just completely tragic in my view. More And more companies really need to start speaking up. More people in entertainment need to start speaking up. It just And more people in general. Well, I have to leave it out there. Elon Suovich from the eGuard Watch Company. Appreciate you being on the Al Nathan Show. Listeners, thank you for listening. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703 seven one nine zero four three three or at our website mainstreetradionetwork.com.